The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome in. It's a Thursday, and of course that means it's time to get riled up on the Cowboys with your man, R-Dub3, Roy White, without my co-host, Tom Ryle, tonight. He is enjoying a much-deserved vacation. So, you got me, man in the ship, and uh, putting all the buttons together and putting this whole thing on for you. So, of course... We got plenty to talk about when it comes to the Dallas Cowboys, and we are brought to you by our friends at SB Nation, powering the Blogging the Boys podcast network. And make sure you check out all that fantastic content on bloggingtheboys.com because we are just one week away from training camp, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. The Blogging the Boys pages will be filled with content over the coming weeks as we get you ready for Cowboys training camp, which starts one week from today officially. But with all that being said, I thought I would be coming onto the podcast and discussing with you the disrespect that was once again shown to the Dallas Cowboys organization by ESPN with their most recent positional rankings. Now, all week long here at Blogging the Boys, we have opined on the lack of respect the Cowboys have received. Of course, earlier this week, our boys opined on the quarterback rankings. Dak Prescott below Matt Stafford. Still hard to believe, but I digress. We also gave you thoughts on Ezekiel Elliott and his ranking, and where he probably deserves to be there amongst the top running backs in the NFL. But again, we'll leave that aside because the wide receivers are next on the docket, and I think multiple Cowboys have reason to be upset as to where they fell within these rankings. I would have started with that. But I ask you this, Cowboys fans, how would you feel about fixing the very thing that has ailed this defense for over a decade. Because that opportunity has just presented itself. This, according to Mike Silver of NFL.com, yesterday afternoon, tweeting in regards to the most dynamic quarterback, cornerback in the NFL today, Xavier Howard who is currently a cornerback for the Miami Dolphins. You might have heard of him. Led the league with 11 interceptions a season ago. Signed a five-year, 
$75 million extension before last season. Unfortunately, since that happened, he has seen other players like Jalen Ramsey, like Marlon Humphreys, receive contracts upwards of 19 and $20 million per year. So Howard, understandably, according to Mike Silver, is unhappy with his contract, and Silver tweets, Howard, who signed a five-year, $75.25 million extension just two years ago, wants a new, improved deal in the wake of his stellar 2020 season. He's not likely to get it from Miami. It would likely take at least a first-round pick, plus the willingness to pay up to land him. Silver goes on, there are several teams all in win-now mode pondering such a move. If no one steps up to meet Miami's price, Howard, who skipped the offseason program, could try to force the issue by holding out training camp. Of course, he will be fined $50,000 a day in that scenario. If he winds up sitting out 20 days of camp, that is a cool $1 million fine. So I don't know how much I'm buying that Xavier Howard will sit out camp to get what he wants here, but... It's worth noting, he has changed agents since he signed that deal. And it does seem like he's letting it be known that he would not like to play in Miami on the current contract as it's structured when the best cornerbacks in the league, quite frankly, worth upwards of $20 million in today's NFL, especially for a player of his caliber. As I mentioned, led the NFL in interceptions in 2020. In 2019, unfortunately, Lost nearly the entire season due to an ACL injury he suffered on Monday Night Football in October. But the season before, he also led the interception, led the league in interceptions. So in two of his most recent healthy seasons, he has led the league in interceptions. And since 2017, his 22 interceptions lead all of the NFL. By the way, the player he was tied with in interceptions in 2019, uh, current Cowboy safety, DeMonte KZ. So keep that in your back pocket. But could the Cowboys really make a move for Xavier Howard? What would it take? Well, as Mike Silver mentioned, at least a first-round draft pick. But I actually think the Cowboys may not have one, but potentially two and even three trade scenarios that could entice the Miami Dolphins into making a deal. Number one, they offer a first-round draft pick and a third- or a fourth-round draft pick just to see where the Miami Dolphins' heads are at. If they really believe that Howard might play hardball, is it worth it on the Cowboys' side to toss a first-rounder and a late-round draft pick to get Howard's services, knowing that they would also have to pay him? Well, I say to you, Cowboys fans, do most Cowboys fans regret that they let Byron Jones go, having seen the state of the secondary over the last two seasons? Is Trayvon Diggs the sole answer at that position? Now, yes, there's reason to be excited about the Cowboys' secondary future. And thanks to the fact that they were drafted recently, the Cowboys will have plenty of time 
to get to know those players, develop them, and hopefully get something out of them in the form of a second contract that is worth their services. But in the case of Xavier Howard and what the Cowboys could add to their 2021 seasonal prospects, you are talking about fixing the only glaring weakness that this defense and that this team currently has. Name the other. Do you feel uncomfortable at linebacker? Now, I understand Jalen Smith, Lane Vanderish have not played up to the expectations. And in all likelihood, especially if they were to make this type of deal, those two would be gone at the end of the season. But with the backups and Micah Parsons and Jabril Cox, do you feel uncomfortable there? Do you feel uncomfortable at the safety position? Perhaps, but they have some veteran experience at that spot, and they have plenty of bodies to give an opportunity to that the hope is they can find somebody that will allow us to feel comfortable throughout the regular season, at least have us feeling comfortable as we get into week one. The defensive line, I think if we look along the defensive unit, most Cowboys fans would agree that is the primary strength. So again, the addition of Xavier Howard could allow you to still keep the pressure off of a Trayvon Diggs in the form of allowing him to be the secondary cornerback, to still allow the young cornerbacks that the Cowboys just drafted to have an opportunity to learn and not necessarily be thrust into a position to have to make plays. And they would be adding an elite talent at the position who I believe will continue to be elite for at least the next two seasons. And we are talking about a 28-year-old who does have an ACL injury, but coming off of that ACL injury, again, led the league in interceptions a season ago with 10. Only one other cornerback had more than six. So to me, if the Cowboys have an opportunity, Jerry Jones, Jerry, as soon as you land in, in California, in fact, don't even wait, go ahead and give the Miami Dolphins a call. See what they would be interested in. Would a first and a fourth get it done? If not, then we go to scenario number two. The Dolphins surely would like to build around their young quarterback into a tongue of Iloa. They have attempted to do that this offseason by bringing in Will Fuller to pair alongside Devontae Parker. Could that unit benefit from an additional experienced wide receiver? How does Michael Gallup and a third rounder sound to you? Now, I know what you might be thinking, Cowboys fans. We've still got Gallup on a nice, a nice contract. The Cowboys themselves may very well need some wide receiver depth, especially with the question marks surrounding Amari Cooper's current somewhat undisclosed injury. They've said it's an ankle injury. They've said it's a procedure that they've taken care of. And yet we still have questions about whether he'll be active or not for training camp. So do they maybe want to keep Michael Gallup around for insurance or do they have big plans for Michael Gallup in this offense? Both things may be true, but on the Dolphins side of things, 
Could I make the argument that Michael Gallup may be the team's number one talent up against the likes of Will Fuller and Devontae Parker? Could I make the argument that that trio would be an excellent starting point for Tua and his development as they try to see more improvement from their young quarterback? I think that I could. And could a mid-round draft pick entice them to make that type of a deal? Again, worth exploring. And again, a deal I would make and encourage the Cowboys to do so. So, trade option number one, first and a fourth. Trade option number two, Michael Gallup and a slightly higher draft pick. Do either of those get it done? I'm not 100% certain. Would the Miami Dolphins want to play hardball, expecting they might be able to get better offers out there? Perhaps. But then there's also option number three. And I don't know necessarily if that option is better than the Michael Gallup option, but it does come with more experience. And it also allows the Cowboys to make room for that new $20 million deal. And that is, would they give up Amari Cooper and a third or a fourth to get Xavier Howard and potentially re-sign Michael Gallup this offseason? That, to me, is an option as well that the Cowboys should consider. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Xavier Howard would immediately be the best defensive player, not cornerback, but player that the Cowboys would have on their roster. A player from an individual perspective that had a touchdown in over two-thirds of his games a season ago. That type of player could not only make a significant defense for any a difference for any team in the NFL, but for the Cowboys specifically, he would fit the bill incredibly well, like a glove. And of course, a player of Xavier Howard's talents, he would fit into any team, no question about it. But for the Cowboys and what they need and what they have, right? The ability to sign a Xavier Howard for a two to three year deal at $20, $22 million a year, knowing that when that contract is up, they will then be able to make extend, extension decisions with their young cornerbacks. Trayvon Diggs, Alexander, the individuals that they drafted as well. They'll be coming up around that time. For the Cowboys, this to me is the type of scenario that – if they see this information and if they are made aware of it, they are committing an abdication of their duties as the GM, the owner of the fans of the Dallas Cowboys to not make this call 
and try to get Xavier Howard to the Dallas Cowboys. If that is in any way or any realm a possibility, it needs to become a reality. So there you go with the news. Xavier Howard may want out of Miami. What would you give up for him? Hit me up at RW3. Hit us up at Blogging the Boys. Would you make the deal? Would you make any of the deals that I suggested? Because to me, you do not have an opportunity. And it's not just writing the wrong of the Byron Jones deal, which, quite frankly, the way he played in 2020, perhaps it wasn't wrong at all. Uh, opposite Xavier and Howard, he was pedestrian at best. But Howard, last season, was the second highest graded cornerback according to Pro Football Focus, both in coverage and overall. Only Jair Alexander had a better grade than his 87 from Pro Football Focus. I don't know what the Cowboys will do. I don't know if it's a move they'll even consider because at this point in time, especially heading into training camp, teams typically like to see what they have first. I suppose they'll have time to consider this deal as training camp goes along, but I do hope they will, and I do hope there'll be plenty of conversations about it amongst the Cowboys fan base because say what they want to, they hear you. They see you on social media. They become aware of the things that Blogging the Boys Nation, that Cowboys Nation are discussing. And I promise you, it gets back to them. It does get back to them. So with that being said, we got another ranking to get into when it comes to the Cowboys. And perhaps we spoiled it just a little bit by including uh, some of the Cowboys wide receivers in our conversation for Xavier Howard, knowing that, hey, uh, Dolphins brass may not even consider any of them to be top 10 or top 15 receivers in the NFL. Uh, the ESPN rankings of the top 10 wide receivers go thusly. And I ask you, should Cowboys fans have a beef, right? Not necessarily do you, because it's very easy to get into Cowboys fandom mode and say, this is absurd. But let's examine the list and ask, do Cowboys fans truly have a beef? Number one, Devontae Adams. I don't think any self-respecting Cowboys fan can say that there's beef between either Amari Cooper or C.D. Lamb as to whether they should be ranked above Devontae Adams. So I will move to number two. DeAndre Hopkins. Also, no concerns there. Um, while actually I, I think he had a bit of a down year considering the seasons he had had prior in Houston, he still had a nice little connection with Kyler Murray. He's still an excellent down-the-field threat a weapon in the air, and obviously the profile that he brought himself to in 2020 with the Hale-Murray catch, that was a big one, right? That plays a lot into the perception of things. DeAndre Hopkins at two, I don't have any beef with that. Stephon Diggs at three, again, no beef. Uh, led the league in, in catches a season ago or in yards a season ago. Uh, led the league in targets. 
um, and led the league in, in receiving yards. So all three of those uh, as he became Josh Allen's favorite target in his new digs and no beef, Cowboys fans. Number four, Tyreek Hill. No real beef there either, but I suppose I would have liked to have seen what Tyreek Hill would be if he didn't have Patrick Mahomes throwing to him because that's a hell of a spot to be in, especially coming into the NFL. But no beef with Tyreek Hill there. Number five, Julio Jones. No knock on the injury front for Julio. I'm still okay with having him above Amari Cooper, but I'm getting tempted. Number six, Keenan Allen. Now, and it's actually these next couple that I think Amari Cooper falls squarely into, but I'm also not surprised he didn't wind up being on the list as I look at the remaining five, and here's why. Keenan Allen, Mike Evans, Michael Thomas, DK Metcalf, and A.J. Brown round out the top five. So no Amari Cooper, and no one really expected CeeDee Lamb to be in there, although I think if Dak Prescott had been healthy, he would maybe be considered in that light. Uh, Keenan Allen. For the first time, Keenan Allen is really getting some respect because, A, his team finally did something and started to look a little decent, but, B, he has a quarterback that's hucking and chucking that thing. But what is written about Keenan Allen in this piece, I think almost perfectly describes what Amari Cooper brings to the table. Quote, everything he does is detailed. Releases, setting up DBs in the route stem and at the top of the route, one AFC offensive coach said, really does a nice job of creating separation. Again, detailed, release, setting up DBs in the route stem, top of the route, really does a nice job of separation. Sounds like Amari. The only knock is he's not a true vertical guy, but he can still win deep, though. If I need eight yards on a crucial down, he is one of the first guys I call. Now, again, comments about Keenan Allen, but this is where I believe Amari Cooper should also be considered. Amari Cooper last season, 92 catches, just over 1,100 yards, but the reason I think he doesn't get the respect he deserves. Number one, because not a whole lot of his highlights were on last season, considering that for two-thirds of his games, the guys throwing to him were named Ben DiNucci, Garrett Gilbert, and Andy Dalton. I think that type of star power is going to take away from any wide receiver's ability to be seen and be noticed in the NFL. But in addition to that, the other somewhat concerning part about Amari Cooper's game and why, even though I think the case could be made that he belongs in this class, I can understand why he wound, didn't wind up there. And to do that, the statistic I went and took a look at specifically was red zone targets. Because in today's NFL, so many wide receivers can rack up big numbers between the 20s. But by and large, especially in today's highlight-driven NFL intake from society and how we consume it, 
so much of it is driven by the plays in the red zone, right? The touchdown catches. Now, Amari never had more than eight touchdown catches in a season, despite the fact that in five of the six seasons he's been in the league, he has over 1,000 yards. From a perception standpoint, that hurts him. But even further, when you look at the numbers, Amari Cooper was tied for 40th in the NFL a season ago in red zone targets. He had just 15. Of those 15 targets, he caught seven for a completion percentage of 47%. Now, that's not to say that Amari Cooper's not dangerous in the red zone, and that's not to say that he doesn't deserve to be in the top 10 amongst wide receivers, because as I said before, I firmly believe that he does. From a route running standpoint, from a consistency standpoint, from what he has built within that offense and what he did a season ago with those three players throwing the football to him for the majority of his snaps to finish the season with 92 catches and 1,100 yards is absurd. That was a fantastic year for Amari Cooper. But again, what do people remember? And that is, especially when you look at the list of this bottom five of the top 10, Keenan Allen, Mike Evans, 13 touchdowns a season ago, right? DK Metcalf, huge red zone threat, highlight central. Michael Thomas, probably still living off reputation a little bit. I expect his star to fall considerably with a quarterback that's not named Drew Brees in the next couple of seasons, but we'll see. And then A.J. Brown, also highlight machine, along with being a solid red zone threat. Amari Cooper, does he have a case to be in that top 10? Again, I believe that he does, but am I surprised he's not in it? No, I am not. No, I am not, because he doesn't necessarily produce enough of the red zone plays and doesn't really get enough of the red zone opportunities that the likes of DeAndre Hopkins, Devontae Adams, who each topped 20 targets in the red zone, right? In fact, of these 10 wide receivers, the only wide receiver who had as many or fewer targets in the red zone than Cooper did was A.J. Brown, who had the same number, tied for 40th with 17. So, excuse me, 15. So there you go. Amari Cooper, not mentioned amongst the top 10, didn't even get an honorable mention by ESPN. So, um, boy, it's hard sometimes to not believe that ESPN has a room in which they pass all of their content through and say, what will get the most reaction from a Cowboys standpoint? Not necessarily a Cowboys fan base standpoint, but what will give us the most reaction based on where we do or don't place a certain Dallas Cowboy? I think they maybe took advantage a little bit of that here, but also Amari Cooper for most people's televisions a season ago, for most people's highlight reels, when they sat down to consume all the great plays that took place on Sunday, they probably didn't see a lot of Amari Cooper. 
despite the fact that he did collect 92 catches for 1,100 yards. So there's a little on Amari Cooper. Um, again, if it had to be Amari to get Xavier and Howard, I'm doing it. If it's Michael Gallup, I'm doing it. If it's a first-rounder, I am doing it. And I am paying the piper. His current extension had an out clause after three years. The Cowboys can do the exact same and potentially be out of the deal by the time he hits the age of 31. I don't see any downside to the Cowboys making this call, and I do hope the opportunity arises where the Dolphins make him available. Because if they do, the Cowboys have all the pieces that they need to fix their defense and to get themselves truly in the best position to win a Super Bowl since they actually won one 20-some-odd years ago. So there you go, guys. Uh, that's a little riled up on the Cowboys. A Thursday show. Let me know what you thought. Uh, I know the pacing is a little bit unusual. So please, by all means, rake me over the coals on that. Don't do a lot of solo shows, but I hope you enjoyed it. Please check out all of our content at bloggingtheboys.com, as you can also check out all of our podcasts released daily, twice a day. And, of course, we'll be hitting you with all of that training camp content coming just one week from today. So let me know your thoughts again at RW3. We'll be back with my man Tom Ryle next week on the pod. But for now, you guys have a fantastic Thursday. And let's get ready for camp. We're one week away. We'll see you.